welcome to this episode of the This is Believe in Real Browns Fans podcast. I am your host, James Mastrucci. I am solo on this recap of the Browns win. Uh, my co-host Jordan Cohen will be back next week as we preview Cleveland's matchup with the Steelers. But before I get into the Browns win over Denver, just a quick reminder, like, comment, share, subscribe, tell your friends and family. If you don't, it's stealing. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, SoundCloud, thisisbelieveone.com, and realbrownsfans.com. Okay, that's all out of the way. Browns came out with a 17-14 victory over the Denver Broncos on Thursday night, and the game was uh, uh, about in the right realm of scoring, honestly. You saw a lot of the predictions, 21-17, 21-14, 24-21. Obviously, this was lower, but this really seemed to be about on par with, I think, what most people expected what was going to happen. The the game was windy. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater was injured coming into the game. The Browns, obviously, without Baker Mayfield, had to turn to Case Keenum. Uh, More on him in a little bit, but... You looked at the Browns, you looked at what they were going to do, how they were going to get their offense going, and they turned to Dearness Johnson. Dearness Johnson had one hell of a performance, okay? 22 carries, 146 yards, one touchdown. He had two catches for 22 yards as well. He was, he looked every bit the part that uh, myself and Jordan uh, discussed earlier in the preseason, and we This is part of the reason why we were so happy to have him on the roster still. He shows that he is an NFL player, uh, and he deserves to have some sort of role moving forward. Uh, I do think even when Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb come back, they're going to have to incorporate Dearness Johnson as well, because uh, imagine being able to just have Chubb, Hunt, and Johnson all in the same backfield, all in the same game. I mean, that's incredible. Um as far as style goes, Dearness Johnson's more of a runner similar to Nick Chubb than he is Hunt. Uh, so if they wanted to just go at the other team with just similar style of runner, they could just do Chubb and Johnson. And then, you know, mix Hunt into the middle uh, there too. But, you know, maybe they start fielding some calls for Kareem Hunt. Maybe uh, in the offseason they make some moves. Even John Kelly had a couple of good runs in there. I mean, it was only two carries for 13 yards, but that Broncos defense was making John Kelly look like Leroy Kelly, okay? (laughs) His couple runs didn't look like they were going to stop him at all. So, you know, let's be honest here. Of the running backs, John Kelly is at the bottom of the depth chart for, for a reason, but good to see Kelly get in the mix, along with Demetri Felton for a couple carries. And, you know, Johnny Stanton, of course, the legend, fullback legend, Johnny Stanton, also getting in on the mix. Now, let's talk about the quarterback position. Case Keenum steps in, and he did about as what I expected he was going to do. He went 21-33 for 199 yards and a touchdown. Uh, He was basically average Case Keenum performance. But, you know, you look at this, you look at the offense, and you, you see it's like, okay, not only is this the average run-of-the-mill Case Keenan performance, this is pretty much the average run-of-the-mill Baker Mayfield performance last year when the Browns were humming, okay? Uh, you know, yardage a little bit lower, but the offense is being executed properly. The The plays are being run properly. They weren't breaking down. They were 
he looked a lot better with Case Keenum in a quarterback than Baker Mayfield. And I know that Baker's hurt. He has the torn labrum. He has the fractured bone in his shoulder. But even still, there's just a distinct difference between how the quarterbacks looked on pass plays. Uh, Baker Mayfield was very erratic, didn't have a lot of sense of feel or pressure. I watched Case Keenum, and there were a couple things that instantly popped out to me when I was watching. Uh, he knew he could sense pressure for the most part. Uh, when he was dropping back, it was when it was a three-step drop, it was one, two, three, throw. It wasn't one, two, three, hold and throw. Keenum was decisive. He was reading the defense. He knew where to throw the ball. And he executed the plays properly. These are all things we really didn't see all that much with Baker Mayfield. And there was a huge difference in just overall feel when watching the Browns offense out there. I mean, sure, they only put up 17 points. It's not like they went out there and dropped 40. But in regards to similarities to what we saw last season when the team was actually going in the right direction. This is this is what it looked like for the most part. And this is on a day this is on a day where Case Keenum only had like half of a day of like real preparation. So I mean there was the short week. Keenum found out he was the starter like at the last possible moment and he went out, started his first game in two years and won. You know, so kudos to Case. He was very impressive. You know, able to just take the reins, manage the game, manage the ship, execute the offense. And that's what you want. That's why they have him on the roster. That's why they're paying him as much as they do. Okay. And we saw the the welcome return of someone on the offense uh, last night. And that was Jarvis Landry. And let me tell you this. This offense missed Jarvis Landry big time. Okay. Yeah, five catches for 37 yards. Doesn't really uh, you know stick out from the stat sheet a whole bunch. But you know what? He was there when Keenum needed him to be there. He was the safety blanket. He was the guy It's like, all right, quick short pass, short dump off throw. Give it to Jarvis. Jarvis makes a play. Jarvis does what he does. Okay, that's why he's here. That's why they're paying him as much as they are. That's why he's been here for as long as he has been. And hopefully he's here even longer. Now... Let's get to his uh, his best friend, Odell. Odell, two catches for 23 yards, had a couple drops. Not a great performance overall. Um, in my opinion, I think his, his shoulder was playing a, a factor in his ability to catch the ball, you know, trying to play through pain like that. And Kevin Stefanski said something like that could have been playing a factor with the amount of pain that he is in. He said that uh, today, today's Friday. And... <clears throat> that he could have been playing through the pain. That's why it impacted his ability to catch the ball. But there was a, a tweet during the game last night that caught my eye and a, a subsequent follow-up tweet as well. Um, and that's from Mike Lombardi. Lombardi tweeted, When guys with great hands start dropping the ball regularly, like Beckham, it means his legs are gone. Beckham isn't near the same player. Then is then... Now is now, and I bet if they could dump his salary, they would. And in the follow-up tweet, when someone asked him why 
the drops means that his legs are gone, he responded with, Ozzie Newsome taught me that when he was done playing and became a scout, his legs had no juice and affected his hands. Now, we know the injuries Odell's had to his legs. And honestly, this could be playing a factor. This really could be having a gigantic impact on why Odell has just simply, his hands have, <laughs> they're just not the same. He, he keeps dropping balls that he shouldn't be. And it's not what we expected. It's not what is expected of him. He's a better player than what he's showing. I would like to see Beckham next week. I mean, because let, let's be honest here. He's playing through a pretty pretty bad shoulder injury. He he came back. He re-aggravated it along the way. He, he's got 10 days to come back. Uh, to get right. To hopefully have some less pain in his shoulder. And I would like to see how he does one more time before... We start calling for maybe the team needing to move on from him. Okay. Uh, again, it, it, the drops are a problem. But the the shoulder injury right now obviously has to be playing a factor. I do think the legs, to some extent, are impacting his overall performance. But if he's still going... If he's still going like this now, next week, the week after, it's it's something to monitor. It, it's something to be like, okay, it, we gotta we gotta really assess what we're doing here with him and what we're doing as a team. And uh, with that, I guess I'll <clears throat> I'll end this on kind of a a higher up, more exciting higher note. Uh, not so much the down note. But with that, uh, the defense last night, okay? Now, the defense wasn't necessarily spectacular. The Denver Broncos offense is not a potent unit by any means. But what I'm looking for and what I noticed during the game, and it's a similar thing to how I looked at Case Keenum. Were they doing the right things, okay? You looked at the Browns' defense. There weren't constant coverage busts, okay? There weren't guys just running around wide open. The players, for the most part, were where they were supposed to be. They were executing the plays properly. They weren't just absolutely out of position all the time. Again, Denver is not some high-flying, explosive offense. But if you just look at the things such as where the players are supposed to be, where they... Were they in the right place? Were the assignments being done properly? That's when you go, okay, this is where this, this is where that you have to look and point to signs of progress. I, I know there was a, you know, a players only meeting for the defensive side of the ball uh, leading up to this game and after last game. And you know, usually those aren't good things. And usually, depending on the opponent, is when something like this happens. Okay. You know, a nice rebound performance. But we got 10 days until we face off with the Steelers. Uh, the Steelers seem to be riding the ship just a little bit. They're no longer uh, <clears throat> the Titanic at you know the early hours of the morning. Okay, They seem to have been straightening some things out. The game's going to be tough. 
and we're going to preview it when Jordan comes back. But the defense seems to go in the right direction. And as far as the quarterback goes, I'll, I'll say this. Um, Baker should probably get the season-ending surgery. Uh, let Case run the show. Just see what you got. It's, it's evaluation time. I'll put it that way. I, I don't think the Browns are going to the Super Bowl. I thought Super Bowl aspirations were very optimistic to begin with. Uh, my ideal successful season was to make it to the divisional round again. Okay. I think Case is a guy that is capable of doing that. Would I bet on it? No. But it's something that's in the realm of possibilities. So, as far as Case Keenum goes, as far as him running the offense, managing the offense, distributing the ball properly, I think we're in good hands. You know, again, not a dynamic quarterback, but there are a lot worse backup quarterback options in the league, and luckily the Browns don't have one of them. And with that, I will say, remember to like, comment, subscribe, share, tell your friends and family. If you don't, it's stealing. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, SoundCloud, thisisbelieveone.com, and realbrownsfans.com.